Today is August 19th. It is a Yankees off day. Catch a little breather, 19 games in 17 days, and now we get to catch our breath as the Yankees set up shop in the West Coast. In the meantime, let's talk some Yanks. How about that? What is going on, everybody? Thank you for clicking play and hanging out with us for the voicemail episode. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I've got my co-host and best friend, Jake, sitting in front of his mic, wearing a shirt with sleeves. A lot of people would have lost that bet and a backwards Elgari hat. Jake, how you doing? Yeah, I've been watching rocking the gray V-neck a little bit the past couple of days. I've uh I think back to back days I have to go out in society, which is odd for me. Uh that being said, the shirt is currently inside out. I realized that right when I looked down. And <laughs> yeah, so it's it's interesting how uh society society has left me behind on most days have you already gone outside into the world no so that's the good news i did yesterday though and this shirt was also a part of my yesterday in society so i mean i don't know we've got hygiene issues um i'll be honest the the bigger more important thing in my life is dude i got riled up by aubrey huff again are you okay if i like snap on him on twitter i'm so done with him uh, didn't you already tell him that he kissed your dad once? A little bit, but I mean, I, like, I'm gonna really snap on him. Like, he's, why? Well, sometimes dude, when he, you snap, you should just make sure there's humor involved. Sometimes you come off like, "Wow, Jake's really angry." Uh, yeah, I I could see that, but that's that's what a snap is, Jim. Um. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Aubrey Huff's just a dick. He's literally going around to reporters online right now and just basically saying, you never base- played baseball. You can't talk about it. And it's um, like, oh, you're just a really dumb misogynist pig. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just an FYI. Watch out for it. I-, I think I've dodged today. I almost started writing up a tweet. But I think next time I see it, I'm probably probably going to jam it down Aubrey's throat. Whoa. Yeah. You'll never be invited to a tweet podcast. too. Aubrey What's Huff that? off the cuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping it lands there because I can flash two top five sports podcasts and what can he flash? So I would, his, his if career. I was playing a baseball game, I think I would want Aubrey Huff. But if I wanted someone talking online, I'm currently picking me. So there you go, Aubrey. I don't know how I got tagged in this Tango Tiger tweet, but that always scares me. Scary analytics. Crazy. I'm out. I'm out on that. For too that smart. Reason I'm out. For that reason, you guys are too smart. You excited? You know why I'm excited? Because uh, we have the soundboard back, a little behind baseball here, behind Talking Yanks. We have the soundboard back, which means the editing time on Talking Yanks voicemail episode right. is probably two tenths of what it is when I don't have the soundboard. Right. And it's an off day. After this, I'm going to the city to do yep. some 
do some fun stuff with my girlfriend Caitlin. It's her birthday. We're getting we're sleeping in the city on the streets. She doesn't know that. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's this all inclusive uh live like a homeless person in the city. You pay a tour guide and you just kind of yes. like do everything they do. I saw that. That's in Brooklyn. Very mm-hmm. hip. Yeah, very very hip. Yeah. So you know, we're going to grind it out. It should be a nice, fun vacation. Sounds nice, man. Yeah. So if you see me in Greenwich Village or Soho, say hi, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. How are you? I'm good, man. I, I normally get, uh, I'm usually pretty juiced up for the voicemails. Um, just tweeted out some good Tanaka stats. Happy about that. Um. Yeah, ready, ready to get it. Okay. I uh, oh, I'm I'm meeting up uh the the Rockies podcast that we're friendly with. I'm I'm meeting up with him to to watch the game, and I think he's gonna put a mic in front of me for a little bit. And I just saw he had a Mike Talkman tweet today, and I was like, oh, okay, oh, gearing so up. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm really excited to talk, talk Mike Talkman with him because the last time we met up, it was before Talkman really got going. Like we were still in the Talkman, like. Yeah, he's been kind of solid. He has his moments. And now, Mikey T, he's on like the top of these defensive metric charts. He's obviously been killing it with the bat for the past couple like months. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to talk some Mikey T now maybe and Mikey T later. Yeah, okay. So some shopkeeping before we get into the event. We do have the Talking Yanks at the Stadium event. If you're a Patreon member, ooh, Jake just flashed all the Patreon members. If you're a Patreon member, you can go buy them now for a little bit of a discount and early access. They will be available to everyone soon. It's September 17th versus the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The seats are in the left field box seats right in front of the bleachers. Then it's 90 minutes of open bar, open food, and uh, we'll all meet up. You get a shirt as well. We'll all meet up. We hang out. We have a good time. Crowd surf Jake onto the field and all that. And then the next day after that, September 18th, I have to shave my face and tape it to Jake's face. That's the official day. For everyone's like, how come he hasn't shaved yet? Right. And Aaron doesn't know. Got to 1,000 reviews, so I'm shaving. Big day. 1500 before the season ends and Jake's chopping his dick off. I don't know if you thought about this yet. I know we have a wedding at the end of September. Your beard will be back for that, right? I think I'll have enough stubble that I could get it, get through to it, but uh, yeah, it'll definitely be less than usual. Okay. Yeah. Katie's not excited. How much Katie's not excited is scaring me. Right. I thought she'd be interested, like all like laughing and interested, but she's like, I don't, I, that's, I don't want to. She's never seen me with a clean face. It's been a decade. Yeah. It's exciting. You're fatter than I thought. Fuck. I've never been seen, been seen with a beard. So, I mean, a lot, a lot going on. Yeah, we got to figure out how to paste the, my beard to your beard. That'd be good. All right. Voicemails. Let's do it. What's up, Talking Yang? It's your boy Michael from Petaluma, California. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on this upcoming West Coast swing where we go to Oakland, the Dodgers, and Seattle. I uh, just want to get your thoughts. Oakland's obviously in contention. The Dodgers have the best record in baseball or tied to the best record with the Yankees. Uh, I just want to know how important you think this is. Love the pod. Go Yanks. 
Um, good question. Because the West Coast trips always are brutal. Uh, we had a really, really good one earlier this year when we swept the Angels and then took took two of three or swept the Giants. I don't know. We had a really good West Coast trip, which isn't expected. But this one includes games against Oakland and the Dodgers. So that's tough. The Oakland team has played us really hard the last two seasons. Uh, I think we're one and six in the last two seasons at Oakland. So that's not good. And as the Yankees go around, Yankees fans are kind of saying like, oh, this is going to be a good test. We're playing good teams. That's exactly what the other teams are saying. The best record in baseball is coming to Oakland. They're going to be geared up and ready to go. If the Yankees are having punt days or, you know, still organizing stuff, this means a lot more to Oakland. They're fighting for a wild card spot. Yankees are fighting for first place uh, in the AL, but we're going to run into a buzzsaw of an Oakland team. I'm not saying that we're going to lose, but I think it's going to be a really good battle. Then when we go to LA, I think those are going to feel so casual. I think they're going to feel like exhibition games. LA is not playing for anything. We're like they're they're we're on the same path. You know what I mean? I think everyone's going to want the LA series to feel like this big intense game. I think that's the Oakland series. I think the LA is going to feel more friendly and like an uh, exhibition game. And then Seattle, uh, I think the Yanks have done good in Seattle recently. Uh, th- that should be fun. But, Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so there's a couple different dynamics in play. I, I'm very much with you that, I mean, for this West Coast trip, nine games, if you can somehow win five or more games, chalk that up as a win. I don't care how it looks. You know, I, I don't care if if we sweep Seattle and we lose both other series and get one win apiece. We're still keeping the train moving the right way. West Coast trips are absolutely brutal. Um, I think some something we line up on is this athletic series. Uh, the A's, we were there last year. Um, they have a little bit of that David versus Goliath. Nobody respects us. They just showed Houston it. They're playing really good baseball. They're a really good team. That when the Yankees come to town, I mean, that is you know, they're one time a year to prove it. And I, Oakland is going to bring it. I hope we bring it too. Um, the, the one thing you have to keep in mind is like this Yankees team is going to operate like they have all year. If, if it's, if they split the first two games, but they used all four horsemen, the first two games, guess what? It's not, they're not coming in for that third game. It's going to be, you know, a Nestor Sessa show. So, I mean, have your expectations right if something like that comes up. I will disagree with you on the Dodgers series, Jim. I I think baseball is building up for it, and I guess maybe if you get lost, lost in the hype machine. But, Jim, if I, I think the Dodgers, like, lined up their rotation for this. And like you said, the Dodgers, they don't really have too much to play for. They've already locked up basically the National League and their division, um, you know, the Dodgers are looking for tests, and the Yankees are going to be a test, man. Um, so I, I think, you know, it, it depends how you look at it. Is, is the media going to try to overhype it? Yes. L.A. versus the Yankees? Per, you know, is this a World Series preview? All of it. I mean, absolutely, it's going to be over the top. But I think when you get these two teams on the field in L.A., and, I mean, the Yankees are looking at, 
Right now, the Yankees are looking Paxton, Sabathia, Herman, and right now the Dodgers have Ryu the first game and Kershaw on Sunday. So, I I mean, it it's going to be real. It's real baseball players twirling it and being out there. Um, it, yes, I think there will be Holy a little too much going fuck. outside on the edges, but it's I, I mean, it's going to be real. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's going to be overhyped. I think the media is already looking past Oakland. I think some Yankee fans are already looking past Oakland, like excited for this Dodger set, two best teams. And I'm like, well, Oakland's going to be a bigger challenge. That's what I think. Not that I think we're going to walk past the Dodgers. I just don't think it's indicative of anything. I I think I think what I what I agree with kind of in that statement is that I think the Oakland games are going to be more intense. Like these yeah. are <clears throat> that's these, what I'm saying. These are, this is an American League game, team that we could see in the wild card, or not in the wild card game, that we could see in the DS, something like that. Where the Dodgers, I mean, there's going to be a lot of excitement and there's going to be some great baseball. I mean, Ryu might be the Cy Young winner. Kershaw is awesome. Um, and the Yankees are doing their Yankee thing. So I think it's still going to be good baseball. You're right. I think the intensity on Oakland is going to be up a little bit, but it, it'll be there in, for the Dodger series too. Yeah. Oh, all right. Good question. Leads us into where we're going. So good first pick by intern Luke to throw that first. Good job, former intern Luke. Yeah, it's not intern Luke anymore. Hey, John boy. Hey, talking Jake. It's here Torres from Virginia. Virginia from Puerto Rico. Um, my question is, what, you know, God forbid, everybody gets healthy, nobody gets hurt, and they walk on the pitching staff and all that stuff. What, in what order, what would be the order of the, what would be the pitching order in the playoffs? You know, who would you pitch first, second, third? And the second question is, what will uh, your 25-man roster will be in the playoffs if everybody gets healthy, if we get standing back, and if we get everybody back, so uh, <clears throat> which uh, how how would your roster look like? All right, so <clears throat> thank you, Taurus. Uh, Luke said we had like five of these calls. I told him yeah. to ditch all of them because I don't want to do it. He said that we should play one and let people know why we didn't do them. It's too early to set the twenty-five man roster. I I will love doing it in September. It's way too early. Pitching rotation. Still too early. Tanaka's my number one right now. I think. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually don't think it's too early on that. <clears throat> I think you can say Tanaka's your one game with his postseason experience and what we've seen. And I mean, it's like Paxton isn't going to be able to jump Tanaka mentally for us. And yeah. I mean, Domingo's still young. And I mean, Sevy's only going to show us so much. And I mean. Do we really want IL stint, maybe his third game of the year, Sevy going game one? Tanaka, you kind of know what you have. So I think that's the part that I, I think we can answer that part confidently. For everything else, it's <laughs> so many moving parts. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now, Paxson would be two or Hermont or Hermont. Like, I don't care. But ta- Tanaka's my number one right now. Yeah. That's basically yeah. about as much as we can say, right? I think so. Yeah, for for ever for the the hitters, you got to see who's healthy. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, Paxton's kind of doing some nice things recently. Like, what what can he earn? What do you see from Sevy? Uh, I think the bigger thing from this voicemail, Jim, is Torres DM'd me, 
And he was like, hey, my accent's not so great, so here's the questions if you didn't get it. I, I told him in the DM, half-jokingly, uh, his accent's better than mine. I, I understood him better than I normally understand myself, so thanks for calling in, Torres. Yeah, thanks, Torres. Sevy's starting a rehab game this Thursday, Jake. Yeah, is that official? I, I heard the rumors that his wife mentioned it, but are the reporters on it now? They are not. That's what I heard, but it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it's everything they've been lining up towards. Yeah, so wonder what their thing is. Three starts in the minors? Scared to guess. All right, we're scared to guess. Next. Hey, Jake and John Boy. It's Cameron from Midtown. And I was just calling in to say that I'm starting to gain a lot of trust in Tanaka and Paxton recently. And the reason why I say a lot of trust is because I had no trust before. And, the tr- and I'm getting an accelerated amount of trust. I'm saying trust a lot. But I'm just getting a lot of trust from them. In a playoff game situation, are you starting to feel comfortable with them on the mound using Tanaka or Paxton in a game one start? All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Have a good week. Thanks, Cameron. I'm glad that you're starting to feel comfortable with them. I was never uncomfortable with Tanaka in the playoffs. Uh, that I've never wavered from that, even when he put together like four bad starts. Um, if he didn't show us these and it was like three, if it was like six bad starts or whatever, you know, then maybe. But uh, I'm, I'm comfortable with Tanaka in the postseason. So 2017 was rather bad. And it was great. It's good. Best starter last year in the postseason. I'm comfortable with Tanaka in the postseason. I, was, I never wavered. Paxton, I mean, as listeners of Talking Yanks know, I got pretty mad at Paxton. Like he, oh, yeah. I got angry. He broke you a little bit. Yeah, he broke me. He's coming back. The last start isn't great. Five innings pitched, four and runs versus the Indians. But there's something like in his last... In his last nine starts, he has three, four, five, six quality starts. Six out of nine. Um, He can put together a little run. I mean, he did make tangible changes, like he started throwing the change up more. Right. That's something that you can kind of latch onto and say, oh, maybe that's different. Uh. My confidence just with the Yankees is high, Jake. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me. I'm an optimist, and you guys know that, but it's hard for me to see the Yankees with the best record in baseball and all the firepower and the potential additions coming off the IL and and be worried about the playoffs. I'm excited. Get me there. Uh, yeah. Even Paxton and- has, like, he's an ingredient of the excitement currently. And I mean the next the next month and a half month and a half is going to tell us a lot. I mean, does Paxton is Paxton's next six starts good? Paxton, because <laughs> yeah, we'd feel good about him. Does he have some real struggles? Because then we wouldn't feel good about him. Sevy, we talked about it. We think he's, uh, you know, doing a rehab game on Thursday. Where's he at? Uh, be excited about this team. You know, our bullpen obviously plays even more in the in the playoffs with more rest. Um, and yeah, I mean, my t- Tanaka tweet that's going so just hella viral, Jim. Um, you know, I, I we talked about this on, on the recap episode. If you take out 
the London and the Boston 12 earn run start where he fell on the sword. He's got a 3.54 ERA this year, which is really good in the juice ball era, if we will. His seven starts against po- current playoff teams, 36.2 innings, 2.49 ERA. Really good. And he's got the lifetime, five, five playoff starts, 30 innings pitched, one five ERA. You can be confident in Tanaka. Sevy, Paxton still have to show us something. Herman, it's just a question of <laughs> how's that arm feeling, babe? And what, what, does, what does the playoffs look like to you? Yeah. Yeah, good. Jake, I like the positivity. Thanks, Jim. Hey, guys. Just watching the game now on Saturday, watching Paxton do first thing Paxton kind of stuff, and I have to wonder if uh, maybe it's a move to do something like Chad Green goes in the first inning and then put in Paxton uh, to start the game from the second inning and going on forward. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Thanks. We've we've talked about this a lot, uh, and in the past, Jake, you and I have both thought – if you delay Paxton to the second inning, you just delay his struggles to the second inning. Don't think it has to do with the players he faces. I think it has to do with his his mental mindset um, and a little bit of like getting in tune with his body. But I think the fact that he knows he doesn't have pinpoint control right away uh, hinders him, uh, his confidence. And like, what's the term he said? Pitching downhill, pitching with emphasis. I think those are the words that he said. I like that, yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I also think that to just give in and say Paxton can't start games is like a terrible message to send to him when right now we're the number one team in baseball and kind of have a little wiggle room and been winning his starts. Right. Even with his bad first innings, the better message for Larry and Boone and Co. to send is like, we're going to figure this out together. And we're going to overcome your first inning yeah. struggles instead of saying we're giving you an opener because you're doomed in the first inning. Yeah, and it's uh, this ties into I think this ties into a lot of stuff that you know, not to give us a, a take us down a peg, but this is stuff that like nobody knows about. Like, what's how are how are Paxton and Boone and Larry all getting along? Like, is James Paxton the guy that you could casually say like? James, you know, we we all know about the first inning stuff. Like, would you be cool with trying Chad out there and coming out the second? If he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll try anything. If, if, you know, if it helps the team, sure. Or is James Paxton the kind of guy that's been, you know, and this is probably more likely, touted his whole life to be this great starting pitcher and taking the first inning out of him is like pulling the chair out from under him. Yeah. And the, these are the kind of things you have to know about a player and his personality. I'll say this, Jim. If if it was the first example and James Paxson was kind of a low-key, I'll try anything, whatever, I I would try it, which is coming a long way from where we originally were with, like, no, his first inning's his first inning. For me, it's still totally mental. Like, if Chad threw a clean first and Paxson came out for the second, <laughs> that first inning, if he somehow gets out of it whether skill or luck I think I think even James Paxson would be like yeah this opener thing's great first innings out of the way let's go do it huh if he comes out that first inning after an opener and he gets touched up it's over <laughs> like the experiment is dead yeah I, I I think that James Paxson sees himself as a stud starting pitcher and to ask him to give up the first inning 
and basically say we're giving up on you overcoming this would be kind of a a, a bad mindset yeah. to, to pass along to him. Jim, I've got a big spin zone if we need it. Love spin zones. I mean, James Paxton might be the best starter in Major League Baseball from bouncing back after giving up runs in the first inning. What's that? I mean, so James Paxton pitches the first inning of a game. If he goes scoreless, I mean, it feels like we've already won the game. It, it's like an uncontrollable <laughs> win for Yankee fans. If James Paxton gives up one or two runs in the first, we kind of collect our breath and are like, all right, let's run it. <laughs> like, there's, I don't know. Any other starter does that. I think you get a little more nervous. We've seen Paxton do it so much. We're kind of like, all right, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone said, uh, someone was f- fighting your Tanaka things. Oh, it's so funny, man. I mean, I mean, so I, I chopped up the stats a little bit. I took out two starts. I only took out two starts out of 25 starts this season. And ever, and, uh, the 1% of people that are coming out are like, well, yeah, if you take out the bad starts, the good is good. Well, if you ignore the 23 out of 25 good starts, you're an asshole. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. John Boy and Jake, it's Sam calling from the Jersey Shore. Just a quick question. Just saw Mike Ford fly out in a good RBI opportunity. Got me thinking, kind of sick of seeing him. Kind of, kind of sucks right now. And I was thinking, what's the deal? Who else can we put there until Voight comes back? Obviously, obviously DJ, but you need another first baseman. Wondering what your thoughts were. Also, wondering if you think that Clint Frazier is going to be up at all. Before before the end of August, I know the service time thing could be a discussion. Wondering what your thoughts were. If he helps us win a World Series, I don't really care about his attitude. I just if he can help us win, then so be it. All right. Uh, uh, Ford's not doing great. I don't see a need to not let him keep doing what he's doing. I'll say this. It would have been cool if Greg Bird was somehow healthy and hitting bombs at AAA, but he's just not. Because um, I, I think that'd be a fun talk. But, yeah, it kind of it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Mike Ford is, is not helping nor hurting the team currently. Yeah. And I they don't want to play LeMayhew every day at first base, so you need someone that can play first base. So that rules out, you know, just bringing Clint up to DH or anything. So... I, it has to be a first baseman, and right now, it, I mean, it's Mike Ford, and I, I don't think you could point to anyone else that it would be. Yeah. You think Clint will be up after the service time stuff? I don't know. Like, I, you and I, I think we both agree on the concept that, like, Clint in the front office and his agent definitely had a conversation that was something like, hey, so we all kind of thought we were going our different ways. We didn't let's kind of make the best of this. Um, or at least I think that. Um, so I don't know. He hasn't been doing great at AAA. Um, I, I, won't, I'll, I won't say never say never, but um, I, I would lean no, but I, I could see a chance. I mean, he's, he can still be a right-handed threat of a bat. I don't know. We think he'll get called up in September call-ups, right? I don't know. I I was going to send that back to you because, uh, you know, I think the majority of the stuff. So I think so. So, okay. uh, If they don't call him up for September call ups. Right. That 
puts that hammers home they don't want him in the clubhouse. That would be is that would that it, would be the is it only still, reason. You, you can, is it still you could bring up forty guys for September call-ups? Yeah, gotta bring them up, right? Have to. If they don't, I mean that hammers home that like they're done with him, trading him, don't want him in the clubhouse. I would think he comes up for September. Yeah, I I thought they reduced um, the September call-ups roster, so I was I was they doing they some want math. to. I don't think it's been implemented yet. Yeah. Um, I, I play in one of my nerdy out of the park baseball leagues. That is that. So that's where my brain was at. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be okay, but, um, I, I don't know, Jim. I mean, you know, there's a couple guys in that clubhouse who aren't Clint fans. If a couple of those guys put their hand on the table and said, <laughs> don't bring them up. I think they'd listen. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. John Boy, Jake, John Lascott here from uh, Massachusetts, Red Sox territory. Um, so I got a quick question for you, John Boy. Congrats on breaking 100,000 followers on Twitter. So you must get a ton of tweets, a lot of them being really idiotic stuff. So I just talked to a guy in my gym about the Yankees. He just said half over Domingo in the playoffs, very surprising thing to say from a Yankee fan. What is your go-to how to deal with fans that don't know what they're talking about but are 100% serious? John Boy, give me some advice. Um, Jake, love listening to the podcast. Underrated, shadowed by John Boy. Love you. Let's go, Yanks. How to deal with dumb fans. Um, I've kind of overcome this. I was I was bogged down by it the first two. So I, mean, I missed one piece. Is it dumb Yankees fans, dumb Red Sox fans, or just dumb fans? He's trying to. How do you deal with fans that talk like they one hundred percent know what they're talking about, but clearly they don't? It's really just a life thing because, like, saying Hap over Domingo in the playoffs right now is really right. just. I don't know why you'd say that. You just don't pay attention, but you, I don't know. Advice to everyone. Don't talk about things you don't know about. Don't talk on things you don't know about. And if you do, say, oh, I don't really know, but I thought this. Present it that way. Right. Like we run into this in talking baseball. We're like talking about the Tigers. And I'm like, hey, I don't know anything about your prospects, but it seems like you don't have much going on down there. So what, right. better than saying like, you guys got no fucking prospects. But uh, I just I think- ignore them. Jake, you're in the thick of it a little with fans. One, yeah, at times. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think what I would say is it, it, it turns into the, like the lead the horse to water thing. Like you can lay out stats and information. I mean, end of the day, people are going to think what they want to think. Um, but, you know, yeah, I saw a guy today who, who was mad about the Tanaka tweet in his last six tweets were angry about the Yankees pitching. We're the best team in baseball. <laughs> Um, so it's like, I, I can't even imagine if the Yankees were like a 500 team, God forbid, never mind the best team in baseball. So, uh, it's a people thing. Uh, it's rationale. And, uh, I, I, in the words of John boy, one, one of the only things I'll take from him is, uh, you know, a person can be smart. People are dumb. That's from, uh, men in black, but yes, I'll take credit for it. Yeah. John boy, men in black. Yeah. 
Oh. Well. What's up, John Boy and Jake? Sound from Staten Island calling it again. Take two. Um, so I was just doing some research, and I saw that next year, 2020, they're getting rid of the September expanded rosters. So you're not going to be able to have the full 40 man from September on. Wow. And um, I think that's really stupid because let's say that took place this year. We probably wouldn't be able to keep guys like Mabin and um, like Valera. Like there's guys like that. They wouldn't really be able to stay on the team because we'd have to DFA them because you'd have to get rid of like your vets. Uh, they probably wouldn't want to go to Scranton, I would think. So what do you guys think about that? I didn't really hear anyone mention anything about that. So. I think that's extremely stupid. They should keep the expanded rosters for September because it's also good to rest guys too, and that gives you more options for that. So let me know. Thanks, guys. They're still like, thanks, Sal. They're still expanding rosters, just not as much, right? Yeah, just not forty, man. I'm I'm in an article now, and man, Jimmy, we are so good at planning out uh, these episodes because we totally played it cool, like we had no idea this question was coming up. But, I mean, we totally did, and so we're doing great. Um, good, good job by Luke or ordering him. Good job by former intern Luke. Uh, former intern er, intern Luke. Yeah, so, Jim, I, I think the problem here is that, like, f- being able to bring up 40 men is insane. So, I believe starting next year, yes, so in 2020, they're moving it to 28. And the problem was teams were getting September call-ups were originally set up so you could try out younger players and you could see what they have on the major league level with everything we've learned about in recent years about player use and everything like that. I think didn't the Oakland A's like almost push it to 40 last year. I think we played them in September and their bench just looked like hysterical. Um, So the problem was teams were abusing it from its original use. Um, I still think there's value in it considering, A, getting young players being able to play, B, wear and tear on the players. We're we're learning all sorts of new stuff about relievers getting used because relievers are being used at a higher rate than ever. Uh, So, yeah, I think they just wanted to limit the bodies. I mean, even going from 40 to 28, that's a huge jump for baseball. 28's kind of low. I would have went to 30. I was thinking 32. I wonder why they just flat out skipped that. But to answer Sal's question, like, Cameron Maben w- wouldn't be in trouble. You would keep a Cameron Maben yeah. over calling a Clint up. Yeah. Like that, or you know what I mean? You would keep... Now, would you keep a Luis Sessa if you wanted to call up Davey just to give him, get his toes wet? Right. Because a lot of Yankees fans are saying you would just get rid of Sessa and call up Davey, but from an actual viewpoint of business and depth, that's actually interesting. Because how much is Davey actually going to help you? You have no idea, and then you lose Sessa for nothing. And so, yeah, I, I there's going to be there's going to be there's going to be some interesting DFA's because of this new forty man to twenty eight man call up rule. That's interesting. I think the other thing that's pretty wild about it is. 28 still so tight that like I think most teams would bring up two or three pitchers <laughs> like yeah. like it's like you it's probably two pitchers and one field player but like teams are just going to bring arms to keep their good arms fresh it changes it from calling up young guys so they can experience the MLB to calling up 
three more players that can help you win every day. Right. Yeah. All right. Like there, there is a world that the Yankees would prefer to have Chance Adams just to throw three innings of bullets, even if he gets rocked, than having Davey Garcia and finding out what he's about, just because they know they could throw Chance those innings. Hurt, yeah, they don't care about the result at all. No. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, what's up? This is Todd calling from Los Angeles. I saw a tweet from John Boy saying you're taking voicemails, and I'm laying in bed thinking, whoa, when's the last time I left a voicemail? So... I'm just practicing leaving a voicemail, but I want to say that I'm really excited. The Yankees are coming to town this weekend, going to the game Sunday. That should be a blast and hopefully a World Series preview. So uh, keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for letting me leave a voicemail. This is exciting. I feel like this is like 1995 all over again. Nice. Thanks, Todd yeah. from L.A. We're a Yankees podcast. We're, we're all... Th- also, uh, what is it? Empowerment, improvement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So good. If you, you think, need to practice, how do you think? Voicemails. How do you think his voicemail went? I thought it was really good. What do you dislike when people do when our callers leave voicemails? What do you dislike? What do you like? Instruct someone di- how to leave a good voicemail. I dislike a ramble voicemail, and I I say that because I used to be a ramble voicemailer. Um, are you talking about personal? Always- or are you talking about on the show? Uh, both. Oh, okay. Both. I haven't listened to a personal voicemail in years. Are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, I know. I, I used to struggle leaving voicemails. Oh, yeah. I would have to call my coach of my hockey team when I was in high school. Yeah. And I would just leave the dumbest fucking voicemails. Um, yeah. So. All right. Bye. Yeah. But, all right. Good job, Todd. Good voicemail. We got a uh, Luke's got these as two in a row. Okay. What's up, guys? It's Camden from Raleigh. Um, I was just wondering what at what point is Gio Urshela going to qualify among league league leaders for batting average? Because I mean, the dude is putting on an absolute show, and I would just love to see him up there being recognized on the league leaders. Thanks, guys. Hey, John Boy and Jake, this is Joy from Texas. With Gio the God hitting as hot as he is, as you guys mentioned, he's now in the conversation for the AL batting title, but obviously a component of that is getting him enough at bats to qualify. I haven't done the math personally, but I saw someone calculated he needs to average around 3.5 to 4 at bats per game for the rest of the season. Our offense may be explosive enough that he may be able to get enough at bats even with rest days, but it seems like it'll be pretty close. Considering the injury bug the Yanks have dealt with all season, if Gio stays hot and getting him qualified seems within reach, you think the Yanks should try and give him the at-bats, even if it means pushing him a little bit more than normally would, like not giving scheduled rest days or maybe slotting him at DH when they normally would have a rest day? How do you weigh trying to achieve this individual milestone against making sure Gio stays healthy for the playoffs and not deviating too far from plans you had in place for the team? Interested in your thoughts. Thanks, and go Yanks. All right. Camden and Joy. Joy laying out all the uh, avenues that we can answer and go down with this uh, situation. We talked about a little bit. I don't know what episode it was, but basically, Brian Hoke had the tweets, so I'm going to try and find the stats. I think he needs like 3.6 every game. He needs 3.1 plate appearances per team game. So that's everyone in MLB needs 3.1 plate appearances per team game. 
So, I mean, that's pretty easy to figure out, right? Why, do, why don't they nope. just say that's 162 times 3.1? That's 502 at-bats. Right. Nobody can do that math. So that's 385 coming into today. Geo had 372 this morning. Played appearances or at-bats? Played appearances, played appearances. Okay. Um, well, let's, uh, let's, let's, here's a test. In the month of July, Gio Urshela had 75 plate appearances. Um, so that leaves him a little short. In the month of August so far, he has 72. And it's August 18th, August 19th. So he's been playing more. Um, I, I think, Jim, if he essentially plays what he has been playing pretty much every day with an off day or a DH day mixed in, I think he's going to be qualified or so close to qualified that he can take the the zeros on his batting average if he wants to. Yeah, so you, I believe you can trade 0 for 3s for every game. game. Say, say, he, say, say he is... If he comes nine at bat short, Gio Urshela could punt three games that would be 0 for 3, 0 for 3, 0 for 3. So he'd add an 0 for 9 to his average, and if that still gets him the title, he gets the title. Right. So how, do you think it's a player-to-player basis? Do you think you have to say, like, you have to weigh his health? You have to weigh how much he cares about it? If it's him versus DJ, is that fun? Oh, him versus DJ is fun until it's not, right? <laughs> I think it's fun. I mean, yeah, Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle. Someone pulls away. You're rooting for each other. It's a good time. Do you think Do you think they should make sure he's eligible? Do you think they should do their best to at least get him to a point where the, he can trade offers? It's... I mean, it's a player-to-player thing, right? It's kind of what I said about Paxton. Um, you know, you, you have to know what players you're dealing with. Is this a huge thing for Gio Urshela? Which it probably is, seeing as the guy had an OPS that started with, a, I think, a five coming into this year. And now he can win a batting title. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to go for it. I think... Gio, Gio Urshela has been so good and such a fun part of this Yankee season that, like, you kind of got to push it. They're not going to risk him getting hurt, <laughs> but you got to push it as far as you can naturally. All right. I, I, I agree. What's up, guys? Uh, my name's Caden. I'm from Fresno, California. Uh, today is Tuesday, August 13th. And I just wanted to ask what your guys' biggest superstition move is. Like, if we're losing and you guys want to score a couple runs, what's the biggest thing? Because I know Jake, when I met Jake at Oakland last year, um, he told me to drink a rally beer with him. So we chugged one together. I just want to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks. Go Yanks. Mm, I don't think Jake was chugging that rally beer for a rally. That was just a, that was a cover-up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't really have any superstitions anymore. Do you? What were yours? I've never had any as a viewer. I like playing, and I'm not strict to them. Like, sometimes my dad likes playing, like, don't change your seat. Or, like, I'll tell my grandma, like, you can't, you can't get up now. 
Uh, I'm not like strict on it, like crazy OCD person. When I played sports, I had a lot of little like superstitions or like kind of traditions that I walked through before every single game. It's kind of just gets you into the mindset of like, okay, we're playing today. This is what I do before games. Oh, pistachios. Rally pistachios. Thanks. Spike Manning in the chat just just did that. Yeah, rally pistachios. Man, I haven't been on Periscope a lot this season just because it's so busy doing other things, but rally pistachios were very real for a while and very fattening, I found out. Highly fattening. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I tried to get in the game with the kids a little bit. I did a couple rally white claws um, trying to be fun. I don't have any real ones. Um, I'm I'm just a big like. I don't know. I growing up like it, it just always seemed like it would be an eighth inning Yankees rally, and my mom would like hit the blender, and I'd be like, "Are you kidding me? Like, what's happening? You can't be doing this during a Yankees rally." And I still feel like weird stuff like that happens. So if something happens like that around me while there's stuff going on, I like I'm like, okay, guys, we we have bigger things at hand here. Superstitions. Eh. Yeah. Uh, Twitter has ruined jinxes. Oh, sure. Like, that's my least favorite thing. Hey, how's it going? This is Evan Johnson. Uh, I'm a Mariner fan from Seattle. Uh, I actually live in Colorado right now for graduate school. But long story short, I just wanted to get your advice um, really on the, how to deal with these kind of down years. Uh, it's really been down years for a long time as a Mariners fan, but um, obviously the Yanks, uh, they've pretty much always been good, and you always have those 27 rings to kind of talk about regardless. But from a team that's literally won nothing as far as a World Series goes, um, how do you recommend coping with this? Uh, do you just recommend, you know, focusing on the, the little good things such as prospects and everything, or um, do we just kind of hide in the, hide in the closet? Um Honestly, don't really know what to do, man. I really hope the boys turn it around, but it's kind of a complete rebuild right now. But anyways, hope you have a great day, and uh, just let me know what you think. Hey, guys, it's Boobock. Uh, listen to the newest app. Somebody said something about if the Yankees were under 500. Uh, and that made me think, what if Yankees were under 500? How would Talking Yanks go? Would it be a brutal show to get through? Just curious. Love the show. Love what you're doing, guys. Go Yanks. Thanks, Boobach. Uh And Evan. So we got a Seattle fan calling. Are you listening to Talking Yanks? That's interesting. Appreciate you. Mm. Jake, I have the douchiest answer to this. Wow, here we go. I often think like, the Yankees haven't had a losing record in my lifetime. Right. Or maybe 89 and 90. Yeah, there's there's two in our lifetimes. Everyone was doing that math the other day. 27 in a row, right? Yeah. If <laughs> I sometimes look at like diehard Orioles fans and right. marvel with respect and I wonder would I like, could I? I've never been put in the situation to root for, like, a losing team. Like, 2016, the Yankees traded. They're still winning a good amount of games. Right. Go you know, If you're a Mariners... Like a bad, if you're, bad team. Yeah, if you're a Mariners fan, like, 
I don't, would you be a diehard? Do you watch casually? Like John Carlo told Marlins fans, I'd watch casually for a while. Uh, you know, maybe not at the stadium until they get a good product. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just very blessed that I was born into Yankee fandom and I don't have to deal with this. Yeah. yeah I mean, my, uh, my biggest talking point on this is being a Knicks fan. Um, it's a lot of emotions. Uh, you, you have to, you have to find your times to have fun with it and see where you land. You have to grasp on to hope wherever you can. Uh, Seattle, did you see, uh, did you know me and Shed Long are beefing? I'm just a beef guy now, I guess. Yeah, you're beefing with everyone. I'm just a beef master. Call me the beef master. Um, Shed Long tweeted about that little league kid and he was like, that's not sportsmanship. That's like being a loser. And I was like, oh, oh, really, Shed Long? Do you know you're on the team with the longest playoff drought in sports? Should you demand a trade or are you okay with being a loser? Like you just walk all over yourself and I don't know, Jim, I I think the biggest thing, and we stumbled into this in an old episode of get to know us. I think if we were born in Seattle and we liked playing baseball and our, our parents were Mariners fans, (laughs) I think we'd be Mariners fans. Uh, we, uh, we pretty much ran through our, (laughs) our whole group of friends at one point and we're like, Oh yeah, we pretty much, all like the same teams our parents did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. So to answer these guys' questions, if you're a Mariners fan, I think you got to hang on to the prospects. Yeah. And like the personalities and the players and just kind of like baseball in general. Yeah. Butter uh, knife, Jim. If the Yankees weren't a 500 team, what would talking Yanks be? I-, I have no idea. The top, all the top baseball prospect podcasts are, Talking Yanks, because it's the biggest fan base. Yeah. And talking baseball, Jake and I. Chartable, one and two, killing it. So, whatever. Hey, guys, it's Cameron from Midtown calling again. Um, I've just watched CC start, you know, went three innings, 67 pitches, I think. And I've seen a lot on Twitter and Instagram about how everyone hates CC pitching and they're ty- getting tired of him and tired of the mediocrity. And personally, I, I kind of give him a break. Despite getting in that really rough second inning, the four runs, without that home run and the bad play by Gregorius going home instead of first, I think he would have had a better outing. You know, he's coming off an injury, um, and people are saying how bad of a year he's had. To be honest, if it hadn't been for like four or five starts, the guy would be averaging like six innings pitched and three earned runs. You know, he's averaging a quality start. What more can you ask from him? He's ancient. You know what I mean? All right. Thanks, guys. Let me know. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, Jim, you know, I, I was a big Sabathia defender for most of this season. And, Jim, up until middle of July, that wasn't a bad thing. Uh, he had a 4.06 ERA. He had one, two, three. He had four straight quality starts. And I, I was... Not jokingly, I was I was semi serious, but with a with a twist, I was calling him, you know, the best fifth starter in baseball because you just knew what you were gonna get. He was really consistent. His past three starts, including a big IL stint in between, have been bad. Um, but that being said, he just came off the IL, so we can't really judge him on this one game. Um, 
we've wanted a little more from CeCe. There's, there's no doubt in that, especially of late. And again, hey, he's going to get, what, two more starts in August and five in September? Um, you know, if he puts together a run of, you know, six out of seven good starts, his numbers will look a little more CeCe. I think, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been his best year. He, he is getting older. I'm not going to point at distractions or anything. Um, and you know what? He's, he's probably a guy that the juice ball era doesn't, doesn't help out too much either. His start is not good. It's only three innings, but his pitch count was way up. Give him another. Let me let me let me do another start. Yeah. I don't think CC's been brutal. Doesn't could be better. I like that he's on the team and with the guys, and I think still brings a net positive when you combine the clubhouse and the off the field with the on the field. And James, I uh, I didn't. <laughs> this this is the good stuff to tell the people. I didn't look at these stats, but now that I am looking at them, they they back it up a little bit. A lot of CC's peripherals aren't that far off. His walk rate is there. His strikeout rate is actually up a little bit. He's just given up more than double the home runs he has. So I I don't know if you want to point to juice balls. Maybe it's a CC thing. Maybe it's a little both. But Jimmy on. His home runs per nine innings last year was 1.1, and it was pretty much 1.1 the two years before that as well. This year it's 2.4, by far his highest in his career. 2.4? Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's more than doubled. Bam, that sucks. Oh, we got another two-parter. Oh, this is Luke's voicemail of the day. Luke's voicemail of the day. Brought to you by Blue Chew hey Noodle. No, it's- uh, I've been one of the ones who was against Brett continuing his childish antics of banging on the roof of the dugout, but I think he found a solution for us all. The gesture, let Brett bang. Aaron Judge adopted it yesterday. Why not? I think it's a compromise for all Yankees fans, so let's adopt that hand gesture, naughty or not, however you want to do it. Take care. Let's go, Yanks. All right. And then, folks, what John Boy, Jay's excellent podcast. Nice job with John Boy Media. These umpires need to have some kind of accountability. This is ridiculous. I'd much rather have him um, banging the top of his bat rather than breaking stuff, um, breaking coolers, break, uh, breaking telephones. And CC had absolutely right to go after that all. Keep up. Uh, good job with John Boy Media. Umpires are bad. Let Brett bang. Uh, we talked about this last episode, right? Like how we feel about it. Brett says he's just trying oh. to rile up the guys. It's clearly trying to uh, tell the umps he's not happy. Uh, Judge kind of said it's going to be the new rallying cry. I, I get a kick out of all of it. Just understand that if someone from the outside looking in was looking in at this, yeah, it's not an amazing look to have a 35-year-old guy banging his bat around the dugout. Um, so, yeah, on the outside world isn't going to be a fan of this, and that's fine. But we are. It's a lot of fun. Um, everything with Brett. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like, imagine imagine if, if Pedroia a few years back was doing this on the Red Sox. I mean, it would we would be calling... There'd be all sorts of short jokes, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, so yeah, we like this and let's have some fun with it. And if it helps us rally, let's rally. Um, but yeah, no, from the outside world, it's not the best luck. What up, talking Yanks? Boy Michael from Petaluma, in California. Uh, I'll be at the uh, Yankees A's game Tuesday and Thursday at the Coliseum. Go Yanks! I can't wait for that. Uh, here's my question for you guys: If you have to construct a starting offense, a starting football offense, you know, quarterbacks, linemen, receivers, head coach, offense coordinator, who would it be? You know, you got the you know usuals like Boyd and Stanton and CC and Gary, but if you could construct a whole starting offense. Who would it be? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Go Yanks. Did you listen? I tuned it out by accident. I think we did this a little while back. It was the Yankees football team. Oh, uh, we've done this like twice already. But now we now we've added a, a free safety with Talkman. Talkman's playing free safety, and Jimmy he played a little quarterback in high school too. Um, we like judge a quarterback though, right? Six, seven, no, just he's chucking my, it. My tight end. We liked, uh, Hicks at quarterback. Hicks at QB. Ah. Judges Gronk size. Guardy's the slot receiver. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Guardy's the easiest slot receiver in the history of slot receivers. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Who's your running back? Tyro? Geo? Running back. Uh, Glaber? Well, Jim, I've I probably got a couple running backs. I think I might have Gary as the power back. Ooh. Gary, the short yardage back? I like that. Yeah, okay. Third down back. Yeah, I like that. Maybe Talkman's the, the speed back? No, he's safety. Cameron Maben. Cameron Maben's a good shifty tailback. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay, so Mabin and Gary, speed and power. Judge is your tight end. Uh, CC's your nose guard. Yeah, they're all those big bodies. You got just put like Paxton, Hap, Ottavino on uh, on the offensive line and let them suck. <laughs> just get crushed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the relievers are tough. Britain could probably play some linebacker. Yeah. He's a Texas boy. What about Glaber and Geo? Just special teams? They're tough. They're like they're like the defensive backfield kind of. Glaber might be another safety. Geo's a tough one, man. I feel like Geo's one of those classic slow receivers that you're like, yo, how does that guy catch it every time? He's gotta be on the hands team somewhere. Special teams, yeah. You get everyone in there. All right, cool. Did it. Okay. Hey, John Boy and Jake. This is Dylan Powers from Tennessee. I got two quick questions for y'all. Tennessee. 36 games left and an easy September. What do you think our win total is going to end up? And with Hicks, Boyd, Ed, Edwin, and Stanton coming back, what do you think our playoff lineup will look, back, look like? Thanks, guys. What do you think it is, the lineup looks like with Hicks? And, is Hicks coming back? Do we have an update? I don't know if we have a Hicks update. I, you know, I, I know this is a fun game for people, but I think all the lineup stuff, we just got to see who's there. <laughs> Once I know who's on the roster, I'll give you every guess at, at lineups. Yeah. Um, all, right, all right, yeah, yeah. How many wins will Yanks get? That's the other question. 
And Jim, this one is kind of fun, right? I, where are you at on this? Because we've already crossed the like, if we're five hundred from here on out, we're we're over a hundred games, right? Yeah. Uh, how many games left are there? So let's see. Oh God, I did this a bad way. I don't know. <laughs> one twenty-seven, uh, one sixty-two minus one twenty-six. That many games. Nobody can do that math. 36 um, games are left. 36 games. Okay. Here we go. Uh, 36 divided by 2 is 18. Uh, 18 plus 9 is 27. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so 36 minus 27 is 29. We're going to go, uh, gonna go 20, uh, 26 and 10 in the last 36 games. Wow. Where's that put us? Puts us at 109, Jim. One, of, one better than the Red Sox last year? Yep. Perfect. I just figured it out. How about that? There's some, there's some serious gobble math from you. Um, gobble, 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 fat turkey I am. I'm not here for living. I'm here for Thanksgiving. It's a nice song. Thanks. Uh, yeah. It's about I've, I've killing turkeys. A- I've got us between 105 and 110. Um, this West Coast trip is going to be a part of it. Is this a six and nine West Coast trip or a three and nine West Coast trip? Because that could happen pretty quickly. Classic Jakey taking a five different answers. 110. Oh. Classic John Boy going with a soft answer. Whoa. Push the push the limits, Thank man. You, this is Ben from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I recently. DM'd Jake and told him that we need an event in Texas because I'm the biggest Yankees fan, probably in Oklahoma. And so hopefully that comes around next year because he said it wasn't available this year. But what I was going to say is, can can we just take a second and realize how unbelievable good, unbelievably good DJ LeMahieu has been? Just like really sit on that for a second. I mean, come on, this dude's insane. Thanks. I'm sitting on it. Sitting on all of Texas. Sitting on all of Texas. Yeah, that my my guy reached out because Jim, I was looking into this because I still have a lot of friends there. I was like, oh, when do the Yanks play at the Rangers this year? Like, it'll be cheap tickets. I'd have a free place to stay. I could probably do something fun. It's the last series of the year, and it's during our buddy Nick's wedding, <laughs> so we're gonna be together in Maine. Um, so yeah, that didn't exactly line up. Um, more so, however, dude, the LeMahieu thing's awesome. Like, David Cohn using that Little League comparison the other day, that, like, no matter where you put him, he's the best player. Like, that's nuts. You don't say that about Major League players. Where, where do you want to see him play before the season ends? Ooh, do you think the Yankees do a fun day? If the Yankees get 109 and they have another game, do you think they do a fun day? It'd be cool to see CC manage. Like, they used, Joe Torre used to do that. Right. They used to let guys manage a game like, and be the bench coach. I would not hate... I wouldn't hate seeing Gio or LeMahieu play shortstop for an inning or two, because I think they both can do it. Gio at short would be fun. Nah, put LeMahieu in center field. I guarantee he robs a home run. 
He's not that fast. <laughs> oh, put him in right field, dude. He's six four, short porch. Give him enough. Give him enough innings out there. He'd have a chance to rob one. I bet he could. Hey, Voight and Chris Carter played right field the last couple of years. Oh my god. Um, Urshela kind of plays short when they do. The Neil big Walker was shifts. Neil Walker was DJ last year, and he played right field. He started eighteen games out there. Yo, Disco Neil, man. <laughs> Tough for Disco Neil, but he's absolutely a D squad LeMayu. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That's like that's actually a compliment. <laughs> hey guys, it's Brandon from Jersey City. Uh I was just curious what your thoughts on Luis Severino and what he needs to show you in order to uh be effective in the playoffs. So let me know what you think. Love the show. Thanks, guys. What does Seve need to show you to be a playoff pitcher? That he's good. Is there a better, more wordy answer than that? If Seve's good. Well, I guess, because, uh, I mean, your your definition of good is probably different. I mean, if, if, he, looks, if he looks like Seve, he's... You know, he's hitting 100 casually, throwing 98, nice. Slider looks good. Um, but he's, like, maybe he's throwing two, three innings at a time and he's getting knocked around a little bit, but his stuff looks good. Is that what you care about, or do results matter as well? Results matter. His stuff, like, technically looked good at the end of last year. Right. Yeah. So he's got to be getting results and looking good. Okay, I like it. Yep. All right, next. I'm too excited for seven. Let me try this again. John Boy and Jake, what's up? Just wondering, um, assuming we get Seve stretched out for this year, maybe up to 65 to 75 pitches, what should we expect for him next year? Do you think he could potentially be? Ask that in the off season. I mean, we don't know what Seve's given us in two weeks. Yeah. I cannot skip uh, that and go to next year. If, if, if he's healthy, I expect him to be good. Gentlemen, Simon from Greenville, South Carolina here. Gee, Rochella, man. I keep thinking this is a flip, but I can't deny it anymore. I think it's the real deal. So I've been thinking about next year. Um, and I think this is where I'm landing. The Yankees clearly don't want Clint on the major league roster. So my thought is we move Andrew Hart to left because the Yankees love him and they're not going to trade him. Clint is gone. Guardy might be a walk here. Keep Gio at third and rotate Giancarlo and Andrew Hart left. Do you think a new position for Andrew Hart makes sense given what Gio's done? I mean, you can't. Just let him go, right? Like he's mashing balls, like, and his bat is just through the zone forever. I don't know. Like, it's a numbers game, but I feel like it's possible. Sucks to lose Guardian in this scenario. What do you guys got for next year with Gio and Andrew on in the lineup? Thanks. What do you got? May dude? I? What? It's a fantastic question. And we'd love to address it. From November through March. Um, Hi guys. It's a lot of fun. Now. 
Hi guys, this is Zach from Long Island. Uh, I just watched the uh, Saturday's game against the Indians, and man, that whole umpire debacle with throwing Boone out, throwing CC out, throwing Gardner out, this season it's just been, it just makes me matter and matter. It's been absolutely atrocious. And it's not just the Yankees, it's happening across the boards. Umps throwing, uh, umps staring into dugouts and just uh, staring holes through the, staring holes through players, and you know, they, they chirp back at them. And they get thrown out. It's completely unfair. Do you think there's anything MLB can do? Or, you know, what's the current status in the situation? All right, love the show. Bye. MLB's never done anything for 100 years. I think it's, I'd like to say it's reaching a boiling point, but I guarantee sports radio jocks in 1987 were saying, like, this is getting the worst it's ever been. And they've never been accountable. The fact they don't have to, like, answer questions they don't have to do anything. Uh, they don't get demoted for being bad like players do. I'm not out to like hate umpires, but there needs to be some accountability. Yeah, accountability is the word. I mean, uh, NBA, they have the two-minute report at the end of games, and like the refs talk about it. The umpires don't have to answer for anything. I mean, that's the next, and I, I don't know if it's in the labor negotiations or if it's individual negotiations between MLB and the Umpires Association or whatever, but uh, it's straight accountability. Mm. It's, it's pretty annoying. It's pretty frustrating. I mean, it's just not, how, it's not how life works. It's, it's, it's not how life works. The three umpires that have all done it with the Yankees, they're all been rookie umpires. And uh, this last guy was just staring in the dugout, waiting. They definitely wanted to throw people out. They were ready to play baseball, and the umpire was the umpire was the only person on the field not ready for baseball to be played. That's a problem. Yeah. Hey guys, been from Florida here. Uh, just wanted to know if the Yankees get to the World Series, and it's a Game Seven situation, ninth inning, and they're up. How much runs would you need to be for CC to get the last out? All right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Dude, that's kind of cool. This question's come across my timeline a few times. I'm interested to see your thoughts on it. I mean, what a fantasy world. The Yankees. The Yankees are about to win the World Series. They've got right. three wins. They have a lead in game four. How big does the lead need to be to bring CC in to get the last couple outs? Zero. Not a thing they should do. You want a tied game. You want to bring CC in a tied game. Oh, let me be clear. In the night. If it's a 12-run lead... Bring in Oraldis Chapman or whoever has been our best bullpen option out of the pen. The World Series is not a time for sentiment and pity play. Fucking win the World Series. I'm team double digits on this, Jim. 20 runs? Oh, 10? I'm team double digits. If it's, if it's 10 plus, I'm okay with it. Because here's what people are missing. What if he that... does bad? What if he loads the bases gives up a single, and now it's 10 to 1 with three on, no outs, and you have to bring in a guy, and now CZ, CZ walks off the mound 
like a fucking loser who got pity play and didn't do it. Don't ever do this. So that's the thing. If 10 plus runs, you still win that game if, if that situation happens. But CC walks off and it's like, that sucks. And CC has to joke it the rest of his life like, yeah, I get, wish I had one more good one in the tank. Um, and, you know, if, if that's what him and everyone wanted, sure. But that's what I think that's what people are sitting there and they're like, well, if it was like six, would you throw C? And it's like, no. No, no that's not even close. Um, and, I mean, the fact that we're even having this conversation, like I think CC Sabathia would laugh at. Like, not, I don't, if I don't, th- if he doesn't want it. If it's 20, I'm not throwing him because the embarrassment of n- him not finishing it, it taints his world series victory. He could finish 20, I think. Yeah. But like struggles, come on. There's no positives that come out of that. Well, there's, is a positive, but it's like not, not, but he's already it. winning a world series. Right. That we, was the goal. That's the, that's the goal. As a starting pitcher. Yeah. Hey, John Boy, it's Royal Rich here from West Hollywood, California. Uh, first time call, long time fan, as you know. Uh, which Yankees staff member do you think's got the best chance of getting a head coaching job next year moving forward? Because something tells me Boone's got these guys kind of on a national spotlight. Nevin's been looking really good. You think any of these guys got a chance to move on and coach a team? Thanks for your time. For you. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Larry, no, been there, done that. Not going to do it again. Wouldn't Bard kind of be the guy? Yeah, he's the bench coach. Right. Um, Reggie, Reggie Willits is the first base coach. I mean, Harkey, no. Know uh, who the sleeper is? Pilotier, who? It's Marcus Timms. I mean, Marcus Timms is going to have a nice little resume if he could point at Urshela. Talkman, a couple other guys, and claim to have straightened them out. Yeah, I don't know. You you invite him in the room, you hear him out. I think Bard's the next guy, but dude, honestly, I know surprisingly little about Bard. Like how much Zimmer was in play when Tori was around, right? I mean, for being the bench coach, we hear way more about Marcus Thames, Tims, and PJ Pilatier. Way more about Larry Rothschild and way more about Phil Nevin. Did we hear more about Mike Harkey? Mike Harkey, yeah. Surprisingly, very little talk. Or like, I don't even know if I've seen like a Josh Bard quote. He was yelling at the ump yesterday. Be a fucking professional. I like that. But yeah. Yeah. Very quiet for a bench coach. Oh, new talking Yanks mission. Do we have to track down Josh Bard? Well, PJ's friendly with me, so I can ask him. Right. Yeah. Pilly. That was the last voicemail, Jake. We did it. Cool. We cleared him. Gonna go to the gonna go to the city now, do my homeless thing. It's nice. Let me can you I mean send some pics, man. Keep me updated. No phones allowed. You think the homeless have phones? That's a good call. That's a good call. Big Are you day. dressing homeless? Do they provide homeless clothes? I kind of live there. Right. I own multiple of these I Love Baseball shirts. Sure. But it's always scary because I wear them so often that people probably think I'm doing a Jake and just wearing the same clothes over and over again. When you say doing a Jake there, what was that in reference to? 
You wore that shirt yesterday. Now you're wearing it again today inside out. Okay. Yeah. It's basically two different shirts, man. <laughs> you just put the BO part on the outside world now. <laughs> yeah. let, let everyone else enjoy that. Let that breathe. That word resound. Bob Barrack. All right. That ends this tomorrow. Well, actually, I will not be able to record Sharp Stats tomorrow. And this is a very new development. Realization. Oh, no, we can record it late night after pregame show, like 8 p.m. This is all, this is behind the scenes stuff. Anyway. Yeah, a little behind the scenes. We'll figure it out. Figure out. Thank you guys very much for listening. If you want to give a rating, it's, uh, it's a five-star ordeal or yeah. a review. That's cool. You could say whatever you want. Like, use it as a soundboard. If you got something you got to get off your chest, just hit five stars and we're fine with it. Totally cool. We are out of here. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.